Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and joining me today in the makerspace at the Edmonton Public Library is Natasha Cham, the woman behind the stay-at-home feminist, a blog that makes me laugh, makes me cry, and makes me think. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for having me. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by FO Photography, where Funmi and Adrian apply their great photographic talents not only to weddings and engagements, but also to events and portraits. And you'll hear more about this portrait business later in the show. So back to you, Natasha. How do you describe what your blog is about? That's a good question. Um, I I mean, my blog is is about me as the stay-at-home feminist, but it's also about how I incorporate feminism within parenting and, you know, ideas that I can help other parents use as well. So why did you start it? Well, it's actually quite a funny story. I was a very reluctant blogger. Um, in 2008, I, my business partner and I started an online baby boutique. And we both had young kids. We thought this was a great thing to do. And she insisted that we have a blog associated with our store and that we would both contribute to the blog once a week. And I maybe posted once a month. I just, I couldn't do it. And um, when uh, when I took over the business in 2010 on my own, I kind of realized, oh, no, it's just me. <laughs> so I have to actually start writing. And uh, I was invited by um, a group to participate in a blog carnival. I don't know if you remember. What no. The, so it's, it was kind of like this group of bloggers, and we all got a topic, and then we would all write our take on the topic. So it was a two-week topic all around World Breastfeeding Week. And so we had different topics every day. I wrote for two weeks, and then I was kind of hooked after that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was when it was on the store blog. When did it evolve into the stay-at-home feminist? Well, and that's actually quite a funny story as well. Everything was still under the store name, which was Natural Urban Mamas, and the blog as well, even after the store had closed. And I was out one night with uh, Jen Rollins and Brittany LeBlanc after a social media event and a few glasses of wine and... And at one point, Jen looked over me and she goes, you're not a natural urban mama anymore. You're more like a stay-at-home feminist. (laughs) And it was a light bulb went off in my head. I think I went on my phone that very moment and bought, like, to go daddy and bought the URL, like, right there and then. And the rest is history, I guess. Wow. That, that, that was a moment of inspiration, Jen It Rollins. was, it was. <laughs> and I am forever grateful for Jen for just like blurting that out. And and it just, it, it stuck, right? It was like, yes, that's, that's what I am. Right, so. right. Now, some people who maybe aren't paying very much attention or are just used to saying things the way they hear them might call you a mommy blogger. Yes. Yeah, so how do you feel about that term? It's funny because I posted on my Facebook page earlier this week that if I wasn't a mom and I was a blogger, what would you call me? Would I be a woman blogger or a lady blogger? Like It's so interesting that the minute a woman becomes a mother, that becomes her primary identity. And everything she does then becomes 
mummy this, mummy that, mummy whatever, mompreneur, another word I'm not a big fan of. Whereas nobody ever says the same things about dads or men or and that sort of thing. The mummy blogger, you know, I mean, I can't deny that's an industry. <laughs> it is in and of itself an industry. I prefer to think of myself as a writer and a blogger. And at this point in my career, I'm doing public speaking and, you know, guest posts here and there. So I sort of try to get away from so much of blogger talk and think of myself more as a writer. Because I am a writer. I just use a blog as my medium. And you also belong to some blog networks like Blog Her. Yes. And what does that get, bring to you? The, the, the Blog Her networks and, you know, the communities that have been created around the whole mummy blogging industry um, are, very, are very good at supporting the women and men who are in this industry and who are making a living at it or, you know, trying to break into different roles, different writing, that sort of thing. So being part of BlogHer, meeting, um, I've met like the founders of BlogHer and they're all fabulous women. It's, it, it's, it's inspiring to know that this is where you can go. These are the type of things. These are the, the power players in this world. And, you know, they're at my fingertips right now. You know, I can I can email them. I can call them and say, I need advice. What do I do? Right. And that's an incredible, incredible part of being in this community. Yeah, yeah. And you've also been able to go to conferences and, mm-hmm. and meet people. So what are some of the benefits of being part of that larger community of writers on the internet? I went to my first conference in 2011. I was one of... Honestly, I think I could count them on one hand how many. It was in Canada, but it was it was in Toronto. And so I was one of three or four Western Canadian bloggers. That's not true. I'd say prairie bloggers. Right. <laughs> there was, there's quite a few from, from um, Vancouver and the West Coast. But And it was an interesting observation of a world that I didn't know existed up until that point. It introduced me to monetizing, working with brands, um, that whole, you know, mummy blogger world. And I sort of learned very on at that conference that that wasn't for me, that that kind of blogging wasn't for me. My next conference that I went to was two years later. And I think even in those two years, a lot had changed within the blogging world. And it was at that second conference that I went to where I found my tribe. Right. Um, I remember I was, I was in a room in a workshop, and it was called the Power Hour. And this was at Blistem, Canada. I think it was 2013. And I was in this room... And I wasn't really paying attention. I was at the back of the room and I was on my phone scrolling through my Twitter feed. Or, and all of a sudden, this woman stood up and started speaking. She was reading. She was doing a reading of one of her blog posts. 
And I just, I stopped and listened to her. And she was telling a story. And it was such a compelling story. I was at one point laughing and then crying and laughing and then crying again, (laughs) all in the span of the, you know, two and a half minutes that she told her story. And it was it was like a again another light bulb went off in my brain saying that that's my people the storytellers are my people and that's when i realized like why i go to conferences i i want to find those people right that's my tribe yeah and and that's what i did and that and that's what going to the conferences does for me yeah i try to go to one every year now my favorite at this point is mum 2.0 it's my summer camp it's my week away with all of my best friends that I only ever get to see that one week of the right, year. Right. And we laugh, we cry, we update each other on our lives, we inspire each other, we find new ways to do things, and it's fabulous, and I love it. That's awesome. So you, you had that epiphany in 2011 that I'm not going to make a business out of this where but there's a there's a kind of a spectrum on the monetization um, end of things you you will do sponsored posts I'm very picky right I'm very picky about the brands that I work with I'm I feel a very strong accountability to my readers I believe that they come to my blog not to be sold something and I never want to do that. I never want to. I've been, my background is in sales. I know how to sell somebody yeah. something. Yeah. But I never wanted my writing or my blog to be a hard sell of anything or a, even a subtle sell. Yeah. Um, so I'm very picky about the brands that I work with. I am a brand ambassador for one company right now. Um, and I love them. And they do wonderful things. And they deliver my groceries to my front door, so it's <laughs> fabulous. And I've I've worked with I've worked with Ford in the past. I I've worked with a few other brands. At one point, I did have advertising on my website. It is still available, but then but it is something that I manage myself. And again, I'm very picky about what types of of companies and and brands that I want to work with, they have to align with my my own personal feelings about being a, you know, steward of the environment, um, equality, and also just kind of being a good fit. Right. And so you don't run like Google AdSense or network ads I and do not. belly fat is no. never going to show up on your... <laughs> no. None of that. Yes. <laughs> and, I'm, and I don't knock anybody who does yeah. that. I have wonderful friends who are bloggers who make an incredibly great living at what they do. And and I completely respect that that's their livelihood. I'm at a place in my life and, and kind of a privileged place where I don't have to rely on my blog as a source of income for my family. So, and I recognize that and I'm very thankful for that. But others aren't and those opportunities come up. And if I get pitches from companies and I do get pitches um, weekly, and it's not a good fit for me, I will pass it on to someone who I think it will be a good fit right, for. Right. So, and Excellent. I completely respect the women and other bloggers, men as well, who do 
use their platforms as a source of income. Yeah, yeah. Another area where there's kind of a spectrum is how much parents should talk about their kids on the internet. So that spectrum goes from like, not at all, don't even admit you have kids, (laughs) to (laughs) talk about them all the time. Where do you fall on that spectrum? And what do you think about that? I think I try to be realistic about this. In the early days of Facebooking and that sort of thing, we all were putting albums and albums and albums of every moment of our kids' lives to share with all of our friends and family. And those are still there. You know, you you have to think about the fact that your child or your children already have a digital footprint. And to all of a sudden say, nope, not going to, you know, not going to post any pictures, not going to talk about my kids, not going to, what are you protecting them from when they have to grow up this way? My kids are in grade two and grade three. They use their Chromebooks at school. Um, They're being taught responsible use of the internet. They understand that if I take a funny picture, I might post it on Facebook or on Instagram. At this point, with them being, you know, seven, nine years old, I do talk to them a lot more about the stuff that I post, about the pictures or the videos, because I want them to understand that when I put this out there, a lot of people are going to look at it. And my son is a little bit more conscious of that. And and he's told me no a lot more times lately than yes. My daughter's like, take a picture and put it on (laughs) Facebook, mommy. So... (laughs) I have two different personalities. But when I'm writing, the thing that I um, keep in mind is that whenever I'm sharing a story, the story has to be focused on me. I can't share stories that are their stories. Right. So that's where I think parents or bloggers or other people, you know, can maybe think about the way that they're writing. I'm never going to take something that's completely theirs and make it and and expose it. I'll always write a story about a situation or something from the perspective of how I was feeling at that moment, you know, how it affected me, how I'm going to move forward from that. And that's the focus I try to keep. So when I said it in the intro about making me cry, I got to tell you, like the blog posts that make me cry the most recently were the the ones about your son and his medical, various medical things (laughs) and how brave you have had to be to get through that and how brave he has been. What's it like? I got to think you are pouring your heart out because your heart's coming back at me and making my heart pour out. So what's that like? I process my emotions, my hard times through writing. So when I'm writing that, it's it's my way of letting it out so that it doesn't eat inside of me constantly. It's my way of, of dealing. It's a, it's a coping mechanism. And I feel that once it's out there, once it's on the page and, you know, I press publish or whatever, then it's it kind of gives it a freedom to be on its own. And I hope, and I know I've, I I know a lot of people have told me I've made them cry and, (laughs) and I don't set out to make people cry. But I think there are parents out there that probably have either similar situations or 
maybe not so extreme, but are feeling that sense of, of frustration or, you know, just needing to get through something. And I hope that reading my posts about what happened with my son and how I've dealt with it will help them as well and know that you can be as brave as you have to be. And it's okay to break down if you have to. And, you know, there's there's no shame in being vulnerable. Yeah, you just remind me a lot of that Brene Brown <laughs> um, strength and vulnerability idea. Thank uh, you. Yeah. That's that's a big compliment. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's one of my heroes. Yeah. I I do love Renee. What's next for the stay at home feminist? I'm not sure. Honestly, on the way over here, I had this thought that I'm at a moment where, in my writing especially, it's about to take another leap, and whether that's a leap to writing something longer a book, an anthology, or something like that, or it's taking it into other publications and looking at more freelance work or finding a regular column somewhere. Like these are, I don't know, I'm, I'm exploring a lot of different areas in, in where my writing can have the most impact. I love my blog. It's, it's like a happy place for me. Elan Morgan of schmutzy.com designed it, and she is one of my very best friends. And she took everything that was me and put it on that page and made it so beautiful that I just, I love writing there because it just makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I love pretty things. So there's a little part of me that, that finds it hard to want to put my writing other places because I love having it in my own little home on the internet. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel that I'm at a, at a at a point where that's where it has to go. That's and, and that's what I'm working on right now. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll hear about the local blogs that Natasha recommends. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by FO Photography, and today I'm talking to Funmi Omatade Tan. What does FO Photography do? FO Photography is a photography business based in Edmonton, and we provide coverage of weddings, portraits, and events. And I'm especially interested in your portrait business because you're going to take my picture. It will be a great chance for everyone to get to know more about Karen. What do you get out of those lifestyle portrait sessions when you put the subject in her natural habitat? What we found is that the majority of our portrait clients, they need the photos to show them doing a day in the life. The line of work means people are more interested in buying from the person behind the business rather than just what the product is or what the service is. That's why I always try and encourage us to at least have a few photos in the client's home. How do you deal with people who don't like to get their picture taken? Our objective is not to dismiss your concerns. Our objective is to show you by our actions, i.e. taking a great photo of you and showing it to you, that you actually are a beautiful person or you are whatever you're trying to portray. And once you relax and you know that the person you're working with is going to make you look amazing, it just does wonders. Where can people find you on the internet? Fophotography.com. And on there, you have all the links to our social media websites and, and indeed our newsletter. Thank you for chatting with me. My pleasure. <laughs> 
Fumi will be back in a future episode to report back on how our portrait session went and talk a little bit more about what FO photography can do for you. Natasha, what local blogs are you into? I um, I love some of the mummy blogs. I'm going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I love reading uh, Frugal Edmonton Mama. Lori has honestly some of the best ideas out, out there that don't even occur to me. She Her lists of things to do in Edmonton or for date nights and just gives me so many ideas that I, I don't think of. So I she is a fabulous resource, I think, for all parents in Edmonton. Um, her recipes are awesome yeah. and simple. Yeah. I like things that are five ingredients or less, and <laughs> there you go. That yeah. makes me happy. I love reading Reading in Bed by Laura Frey, mostly because I actually think Laura is quite a brilliant writer herself. Yeah. Even and and an avid reader, which probably makes for why she is such a great writer. Yeah. I trust her reviews, and I know I'll often send her a message and ask her what I should be reading next because she's just right on the tip of all the new stuff coming out. Yeah, for all my sort of political needs, I do love reading Dave Berta. I feel like he he brings a good balance to what he reports and the the information that he gives. So. He's always my go-to for political, my political needs. Right. I do like Christina Dennis at the DIY Mummy. Okay. Mostly because I am not a DIY mummy. Uh-huh. And I like to admire other people who are way more talented than I am. And my new favorite is, um, is a blog by my friends John and Mandy Trapp. And they own Lifestyle Meditation. And they've recently moved to Bali. Oh, they're there for a year with their three children. Wow. And they're blogging about their adventures at balibecause.com. And they're just two of the most amazing people I know. And I miss them. So I get to read about them on their blog and feel like we're still neighbors. I love Instagram. I'm a visual person. So uh, photography and, and photos and, and those snippets of, of your lives. Yes, even what you're eating for lunch. Right. I like those things. I like pretty pictures of coffee. I don't care. <laughs> what, I don't care who judges me on that. Yeah. Um, and Edmonton, we have a fabulous group of Instagrammers who we have such a wonderful group of fashion bloggers. I love Vicky at Adventures in Fashion. She always has the prettiest pictures up. I'm not a makeup person, but I really like what looking at the girls that send studios they have the most amazing pictures of brides they do all these kind of wonderful bridal makeup and hair and i'm just kind of amazed at it chris say from blitz conditioning yeah he's turned into this amazing photographer i just love that he takes these pictures of all these hidden pockets of Edmonton that he's running in or, you know, exercising at or whatever that we would never see without him being down there with his lens and his legs running through the valley. So yeah, he's an he's an artist. He really is. He really, really is. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's that's a really good roundup. And we'll link to all of those. What advice would you have for someone who wants to blog? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Don't expect to make money. Don't blog. Don't blog because you want to make money. Mm. 
Blog because you have something to say. Blog because you want to tell a story. Google changed its parameters recently that it's it, it's looking for that long content. It's looking for that depth of content. So when I first started blogging, it was one of the advice was like, you know, your posts have to be 300 to 500 words. You have to have a picture and three links. And, you know, it was like this very specific kind of SEO type stuff because that's what Google would look for to, to rank you. But Google has changed their algorithm. They're looking for depth of content. They're looking, it, you know, people are looking for stories. They're not looking for the tiny little snippets anymore. They want to read. You know, you see the TLDR, but actually the DR is not there anymore. Yeah. It's too long. Take the time, read it. Yeah. And that's how I write. So I've always been against the grain, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's solid advice, though, right? For humans, not robots. And yeah, yeah, you'll get tell your story. I mean, people will, someone will resonate with it. It'll it'll affect somebody, and and that's one of the biggest joys of blogging is when you get those comments or you get those emails from someone saying, "I read your post and it changed my life," or "I read your post and yeah." I am a feminist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the ones I really love. <laughs> <laughs> Victories. That's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to talk to me today. That was really interesting. Thank you for having me. I'm very, I was very glad to come here because I don't listen to a whole lot of podcasts, which I probably should since we have a plethora of them yeah. in Edmonton. But yours is the one that I do listen to on a regular basis. Thank you very much. That means a ton to me. Uh, be sure to visit Natasha's blog at thestayathomefeminist.com. And you'll also find all the links to her social media there. The one that I'm particularly fond of is her Instagram because she ha- her selfie game is strong. So stay at home feminist on Instagram. Links to all that and her recommendations will be on the show notes at seenandheardyeg.com. And if you subscribe to my newsletter at seenandheardyeg.com, you'll get a heads up on when the next podcast is ready. You'll get my weekly roundup of great blogs and the brand new roundup of great podcasts in Edmonton. And we're also having a podcaster meetup so we can see each other in real life. It's going to be on October 24th at Variant Edition. People who are podcasters or the just simply pod curious are welcome to come. Search for Edmonton Podcasting Meetup and you'll find the details. I'll be back in a week. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.